Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo for the final hour here on a Monday afternoon. Taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. Of course, if you can't listen live, you can listen on demand anytime you want. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aron88, A-R-O-N-88. And of course, check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Have a look at the weekend recap. You know, people get busy. It was Mother's Day. People went out. So maybe you didn't catch up on everything. I put it all in one place. Players coming off the injury list. Players on rehab assignments that could be returning. Players that got hurt over the weekend. Big performances. Some potential pickups. Just a lot of good information all in one spot. You can check it out right now. Fulltimefantasy.com. Also have a look at the two-star pitchers for the week. Uh, there has been one change from that article, and that's because the Mets and Marlins were right out. So Noah Syndergaard now has a two-start week. He'll be at Washington and then at Miami. So uh, gets that Miami start, which he missed yesterday. And then for the Marlins, of course, Caleb Smith pushed back. But it looks like he will not have a two-start week. They have five games this week. Uh, I don't see them skipping anyone at this point. Of course, that could change. But uh those were a couple of changes. So you could take a look at the two-star article. We don't have lineup lock until first game tonight, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. We'll get to the lineups for tonight coming up a little bit later on. We also have the Fantasy NASCAR rankings up on the site, as well as a Dynasty Football Rookie Advanced ADP. And, of course, if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums, as well as... Get advice on DFS, especially for baseball. There's already an article up looking at the slates at night, uh, fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS. And if you are ready to draft in fantasy football, now is the time to do it. We got Dynasty Orphans. You can click on the uh, blue link at playffwc.com. You can look at all the Dynasty Orphan teams. Some teams you might say, yeah, I don't want it. Others you might say, this is pretty good. I can take this team over and build it into a championship. So you can go through them. There's some discounted prices there. There's uh, dynasty startup drafts, uh, slow drafts as well, best ball drafts that fill once uh, they will start once they are full. So you can go there now, look at different price points. And, of course, it's made madness as the world championships in Las Vegas seem like they're months away. But it'll be here before you know it. So get in your deposit now, and you can qualify to enter a drawing for a free main event team. And that can be potentially worth a lot of money. You got a free team, and then the possibility maybe you win the overall. So always want that extra shot. So check it out, playffwc.com. Let's take a look at some quick news here. And the Yankees have made a change tonight. Luis Sessa will make a spot start for the Yankees tonight against the Orioles. Now, Jonathan Loisiga was supposed to start, and he was someone 
listed in the two-star pitchers as someone that I would go with this week. I know his overall numbers haven't been great, and he hasn't gone deep into games, but he does throw hard. He's getting a lot of swings and misses. He gets the Orioles tonight. Now, I haven't really seen any further word here on what's going on. This could be maybe that they are using Sess as an opener. There is a little rain in the forecast. I think they're able to get the game in. Uh, looking at the latest weather here in New York, uh, there's rain 100% at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 70% at 7 p.m., and then 40% at 8 p.m. At 9 p.m., it's 30%. So I would think this game starts a little late. Uh, but after that, it looks like it's clear. It will be a little chilly, be in the uh, high 40s. So I don't know if that's a factor. Uh, I'm sure more word will come out. Uh, they should be meeting with the manager and reporter should be soon, uh, right around this time, 3, 3, 30 p.m. Eastern. So maybe more news will come out and help you make a better decision on what to do with Lois Sega for this week because I'm sure a lot of people picked him up as a potential two-star pitcher to stream. We do know Aaron Hicks will be back tonight for the Yankees. Mike Talkman was already optioned to AAA, so we knew that was coming in. Hicks struggled initially on his rehab assignment, but did have a game the other day with where he's three for three with a home run. Uh, I also wonder if they take it easy on him early coming back. Remember, it's a back, like I said, cool weather tonight and wet. Maybe they don't put him in the lineup. Uh, haven't looked yet, but we will go over the lineups later on in the show. But the weather uh, looks like it should be better. Uh, a little bit more rain tomorrow in 52, but then 68, 67, 66 the rest of the week. So just something to keep an eye on there for Aaron Hicks. But uh, in the leagues I have him, he will be in my lineup this week for the weekly leagues. Certainly happy to have him back. The A's designated Kendrys Morales for assignment. We kind of knew that was coming. And the other big news we're waiting on for today is Nelson Cruz. He's been playing with a sore wrist, and he finally said that the pain was a little bit too much. So he's going for an MRI today. I have Cruz in two weekly leagues. As of now, he will not be in my lineup. And these are leagues where I cannot make changes on Friday. Uh, in the NFBC, obviously, you have that alternative. And hopefully, I mean, I, I don't think Cruz would be in the lineup today. But uh, with these tough decisions that we have to make, hopefully we get some news on the MRI. But right now, I am not planning on having him in my lineup uh, for this week uh, unless we get further news that is positive. Carlos Martinez had another rehab assignment on Sunday. He pitched one and two-thirds scoreless innings. So he's actually uh, been good on his rehab assignment. Four and two-thirds scoreless innings, and he's has six strikeouts. And the plan is for him to come back in the bullpen in a setup role. Obviously, Jordan Hicks has done a good job as the closer, but maybe at some point this year, if Hicks goes down, Martinez could wind up closing. So I haven't added him in any leagues where he's available. He's not going to have a lot of value in a setup role unless you have a league with holds. Maybe he builds the arm straight and goes into rotation, but doesn't seem like that's uh, going to happen. Uh, but again, plans can change in an instant. So definitely something to pay attention to. Uh, one of the biggest performances from yesterday was Hinjin Ryu. And I wrote about Hinjin Ryu last week and talked about him a lot. And there's a lot of people, I guarantee it, who said, I'm not drafting Ryu. He's always hurt. You got to get rid of that attitude. It's not going to work. We can go here, do a lot of pitchers in baseball, and say they're injury prone. They're not going to pitch a lot. It all comes down to the value. And, and as I sat back and evaluated in the drafts, I wanted Ryu. He was going in the... 12th, 13th round? I mean, how many of those players in those rounds flop? Now, you could point to some pitchers 
in those rounds who worked. Uh, Tyler Glasnow was probably in that range. Now, unfortunately, he does have the forearm sardis, which we found out uh, over the weekend, and he was placed on the injured list. So definitely sucks. And I actually have <laughs> Ryu and Glasnow on the same team uh, in the GST League. But Ryu has just been dominant. I mean, he made two starts last week. He allowed five hits in 17 innings. No runs, 15 strikeouts, and one walk. He took a no-hitter into the eighth inning yesterday. Gave up a double to Gerardo Parra, who's actually saved the Nationals. Not saved their season, but he had the uh, big grand slam the other day, giving them a win. And uh, it turned out to be it wasn't a big hit because they lost 6 nothing. It was 2 nothing at the time. But he's obviously given them a little bit of uh, production. But Ryu has just been... Dominant, man, this whole year. You know, eight scoreless innings yesterday, one hit, one walk. He struck out nine. He's 5-1 and one with a 1.72 ERA, a 0.73 whip, 54 strikeouts, three walks in 52 and a third innings. And I know people are going to say, well, he's going to get hurt. And he will. I mean, I'm not baking on 170 innings from this guy. When he got injured the first time and went on the injured list, you sit there and you go, ah, I should have seen this coming. Now, fortunately, he only spent the minimum 10 days on that injured list with the groin injury, which was kind of scary because that's an injury that forced him to miss three months last year. I think we're now to this state of pitching where we'll take whatever we can get from these guys. You're going to go through the same thing with Chris Paddock, Matt Strom, all these guys with innings limits where you have to worry about them. Now, you can try and cash in on them, I think with Ryu, it's going to be hard to get proper value because everyone is aware of the injury history. With Paddock, it might be a little bit different. He's the new pitcher. He's dominant. You probably can get some good for him. I don't know what the trade value is for Ryu. The bottom line is, though, I, I tried to get him in leagues. Actually, I tried to get pretty much almost every Dodgers starting pitcher except Kershaw and Bueller, and that was only because of their price. I did have to have Bueller in one draft champion. Kershaw, I was passing on. I was worried, and he's been really good so far. But I wanted Ryu, I wanted Maeda, I wanted Stripling, I wanted Urias. And I'm holding on to Urias in two leagues. One's a daily league, so he's in there all the time and picked up a couple saves already for me. I don't think I had him in the weekly league every week lately with him not starting. I'm holding on to Stripling in a 15-team league. These Dodgers pitchers are going to be valuable. And Ryu, sure, uh, last year, 82 and a third innings. 2017, 126 and two-thirds. So we haven't seen him pitch 150 innings since 2014. So based on that, he's probably not going to get there. But you got to be ridiculously happy with what he's giving you right now. And the skills are legit. I mean, he's not going to have an ERA under two, but he can finish with the ERA under three. He's not walking anyone, and he's always been solid at limiting the walks throughout his career. I mean, last year was a 4.6% walk rate, so it's really the last two years that he's really cut down on the walks. He was in the 8% range earlier, but... Sure, 230 batting average of balls play, a little lucky. 94.6% strand rate, a little lucky, but he doesn't allow many fly balls. Uh, and it's all about health for him, but just enjoy it. And what you try to do is always learn lessons. The lesson here is don't automatically dismiss someone because they've had an injury history. Now, in the fourth, fifth round, sure, you're not going to do it because you're investing a lot of draft capital there. But once you get to those middle rounds... 12th, 13th round, a lot of those players are going to suck. At least with Ryu, you know when he's on the mound, he's good. And sure, it might only be 100 innings. Maybe it's 110. But if you have had Ryu so far, 
and you've gotten all the 52 in the third innings, I mean, how much of a boost has it been for you? And it didn't cost you a lot. We've seen pitchers taken in the early rounds who have been complete busts and done nothing for teams. So you always try to learn lessons and move along. And Ryu is definitely someone that I was willing to draft this year. Hopefully he can continue to be solid, but I would think at some point, yes, he will land on the injury list. George Springer. You know who's most pissed off about George Springer right now? The people who drafted him last year in the second round. People had high expectations for Springer, and you could understand why. We've seen power at a young age. We saw stolen bases in the minor leagues, but it looked like maybe this was as good as it's going to get for Springer. I mean, he's 29 years old, and he has one season of 30-plus home runs. Injuries were a factor for a while, but he's been relatively healthy the last three years. He's played at least 140 games in three straight years. But 2017, when obviously the ball was flying out of ballparks, 34 homers, 112 runs, 85 RBIs, 5 steals, 283. So people were like, okay, this guy maybe has another level. Last year, same amount of games, 12 less homers, 22 home runs. He did have 102 runs, but just 71 RBIs, 6 steals, about a 265. So you go, okay, maybe, maybe that's the peak for Springer. Because Springer was falling to the third... Third to fourth round of drafts this year. Well, uh, he's pissing the people off that didn't stick with him. Uh, five for five yesterday. Five runs, four ribbies, and two home runs. He now has 15 on the season. He is hitting 321 with a 400 OBP, a 666 slugging percentage, and 35 runs, 37 RBIs, and four stolen bases in in the spring, they talked about him running more, and it's something he wanted to do. Now, we know he has that ability. We saw it in the minor leagues. He had several seasons of 20-plus steals. That's why people were thinking he could be 30-30. And then we saw in 2015, he stole 16 bases on 20 attempts. But his efficiency the next three years has been terrible. It's 20 steals in 21 attempts. Uh, no, my, my bad. He's been, he had 20 steals. He's been caught 21 times. So terrible efficiency. And if you're Houston with that offense, you don't want to see him run like that. But he's got four steals and five attempts this year. And if he can just get to 10 with the power he provides, the runs, wow. So I think we shouldn't be completely surprised by this. But I do think there were probably some people who said, you know what? This might be the peak for Springer. We're finding out that's not the case. Uh, for his fantasy owners. Alex Bregman also had a big game. He was 3-for-5 with two runs and five RBIs. He's got 12 homers, 31 RBIs on the season. Guy that was going late first round in a lot of drafts. Jose Altuve was placed on the injured list over the weekend with a left hamstring injury. Altuve's really been struggling. And he and I stayed away from Altuve. And I know it was a little risky because he was going late first, early second round. And this was a player that was going number two overall last year in a lot of drafts. And he's still just 29. But I, I was worried about the health uh, with the knee more so than the hammy. And I was worried that he wouldn't run as much. And a lot of his value is tied to the stolen base. If he's only given you 10, 15 stolen bases, that's not good enough. Now, the power has been there so far, nine home runs. That's the other thing I was concerned about. But I didn't. we didn't know that power was going to jump and the ball was going to be potentially juiced. So if he's going to give you 25 home runs, and the counting stats and the batting average, then that's really going to help. And the batting average right now is being hurt. 234 batting average of balls of play. And maybe he's been trying to play through this for a while, too. Who knows? 
We have seen him jump in fly ball rate as well. So it's a matter of him just being healthy. He'll produce. But I worry about the steals. I mean, he has three stolen base attempts on the season, and he's only had one. And with this hamstring injury, he comes back in this lineup. Why would you even risk running him? So that's the biggest concern for Altuve owners because you are banking on at least 20 stolen bases. You definitely penciled in at least 20, and you were hoping for more. So that's going to hurt Altuve. But there's no doubt, I think, he's going to hit if healthy. We'll see how long he misses. In the meantime, Aledmus Diaz will fill in. In a lot of leagues, he has eligibility at several different positions. So I did pick him up in a league or two, kind of just temporary. I picked him up in Tower Wars. I've been having major issues at third base, waiting for Miguel Sano to come back. So I'll have Diaz in the lineup for at least this week and then see what happens going forward. Lots more to touch upon from the weekend. We also have fab results. A lot more ahead here. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend fantasy update. That Albert Pujols 2000 RBI, that's worth something. If, you know, a 500 home run ball, that's worth something. You know, I said it uh, before the game, I'm, I'm anal like that. I would do research how much that ball worth. Just in case it comes into my possession, I'd want to know. I wouldn't call it anal. I'd call it smart because you're already walking in there. You don't walk in to know and know not what's going on. See the guy, because you know some guy's going to try to lowball you. Say, hey, hey, buddy, here's a couple hundred dollars and, and a hot dog. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, full-time fantasy sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can find me at fulltimefantasy.com. Got the weekend recap article up. Also, a look ahead to the two-star pitchers for the week. Remember, lineups have not locked yet. So if you're in a league where you have pickups still, you can look at that article and see maybe there's a two-star pitcher that you can stream in that's available on the waiver wire. Or uh, maybe... You have someone on the roster that you were thinking of using, but maybe I give a endorsement for, and it's persuade you to go in that direction. So you can check that out uh, right now, as well as playffwcc.com for fantasy football drafts, whether it's a dynasty startup, you take over an orphan team, 
or you get in a best ball draft. Uh, some other things that stood out. How about Lucas Giolito? And Giolito was not someone I was thinking about drafting before the year. This is a guy that was a top prospect that just has not panned out at all. I mean, we just haven't seen it at the major league level. He's 24 years old. He was the 16th pick overall in 2012 for the Nationals. So still 24 years old, turning 25 in July. And we just really haven't seen anything from him. Strikeout rates sucked at the major league level. He allowed home runs. Just wasn't anything to see. But I picked him up in uh, NFBC auction two, three weeks ago. He was on the injured list with the hamstring injury. And he was slated to have a two-star week potentially. So picked him up. He actually did not wind up starting that week till later in the week. But right before he went on the injured list, the day he hurt his hamstring, he was cruising. And there were some of the numbers where the strikeouts were up. So I said, all right, you know, I'm going to take a shot. It's a 15-team league. I had a lot of injuries. Certainly was risky, but it's worked out. I mean, he's been really good. And I liked the two-start week this past week because of the matchups. And he took advantage of it. And he allowed one run, four hits, walked one, and struck out eight over seven innings yesterday. He now has a 3.55 ERA in seven starts this year. The strikeout rate is up to 29.5%. He was 16.1% last year. He's almost doubled that. Now, the walks are still a little high, so that's the concern, 10.3%. But it's been better over his last couple starts. He's got a 1.18 whip, and he's not allowing a lot of hard contact. So the velocity's up, so that's really helped, and it's helped make the changeup more effective as well. So he's looked really good. Uh, 11.9% swing strike rate, 62.8% first pitch strike rate. Uh, I picked him up last week in the GST for that two-star week and put him in there. So, you know, and I think this is a, might be published today, but this was a topic on Tout Wars. They do a tout table each week, and it was basically being whether how we should be transparent and what we do. Do we hide things because of the industry and NFBC leagues we play in? And I don't hide anything. Anyone who has followed me over the years know that. I mean, I want to win. I'm cutthroat. I hate losing. Just can't. But my job is to help you guys win. That's what I'm here for. It's not about me. I think it, you guys want to follow someone that wins because it just makes you feel more confident in that information. You know, you can still probably, there could be, and there's a lot of people in this industry who, who don't win. Uh, maybe their content helps you win. And if that works for you, cool. But I think when you see someone that is ranked near the top in accuracy rankings and you see in the industry leagues and NFBC and other leagues that they're consistently near the top and win often, I think obviously that's something that's going to tip you in that direction. But all the content that I write, those players are on my team. I don't write something and then don't follow through with it. So to me, it was an easy question to answer. It's all documented. I'm on this channel 10 hours a week. I'm writing content five, six days a week. I'm asking questions on the forums. I do a ton of draft kit content. You know, I had Tyler Glass now as a breakout player. I try to get him in as many leagues as possible. I couldn't get him in every league because the price went up. Uh, I had Joe Musgrove in the preseason pro picks. Full transparency, I did have Colin McHugh in there. And I drafted him in Tout Wars. And I had to drop him yesterday because he was booted from the rotation. So that one was a bad one. But for the most part, Paul DeYoung was in there. I wrote up Max Kepler as a breakout. And I, and I get these guys on my team, or I try to. 
I don't write stuff and then don't do it. So it's full transparency there. So I think that was an I don't I didn't even think it was an interesting question. I thought it was obvious, but maybe there's some I guess where it's trickier is maybe for the people who do this as a labor of love, they're not paid for it. Maybe it's different for them because they're not doing this. But I think if you are paying any money to a service, you can't hide anything. So you won't find me hiding anything. I'll, I'll say it here, and whoever listens, listens. And I've always said it. I'll find other ways to win. It happens in my home league. I told the story last year. Blake Trinan was the guy I wanted as closer last year, and I had him ranked. If you follow my rankings, he was either 11th or 12th at relievers, and I think that was one of the players that definitely helped me finish number two in the Fantasy Pros ranking because I was very high on Trinan. Did I expect him to be as dominant as he was last year? No, but I thought he was going to finish as a number one closer because I saw the way he finished the second half in Oakland. I saw the stuff. It was nasty, and we've seen this with closers before. Sometimes you struggle in one environment. You go to a new team, and whatever it is, maybe it's a slight adjustment. Maybe it's comfort level. There was probably a lot of pressure in Washington. You go to Oakland, there's not as much pressure. Obviously, the pressure built last year because they were so competitive, but that's an example of a guy that I love. My home league knew it because either they listened to the show or they read my stuff. And they it was an auction, and they kept bidding up, bidding up, bidding up. I said, fine. I do love them, but everyone has a price. And I stepped out on the bidding because they knew how much I liked them, and they thought I wouldn't stop. So they tried to bid me up. It happened uh, last year with Brandon Belt. Like It was an OBP league, and I, I like Brandon Belt overall, but especially in an OBP league. And I've always said, now this year I backed off Bell because I'm, I, last year I was on him. He got off to the great start. Then the injuries came. That ballpark hurts him. It's the bottom line. It was kind of a blind spot. I mean, I knew it was going to hurt him. But I always said, oh, okay, maybe. I, I watched too many Giants games where I see him hit the ball to right center and it's either an out or hits off the wall. But last year, high on Bell because he was cheap. And the bidding stopped and there was a real cheap price and there was something wrong with the auction room and everyone said the same thing yeah i couldn't bid they were all like oh i was surprised it stopped i thought you would have went more so since everyone had the problem reset it he went back on and i won but people know who i like because i'm transparent i don't try to hide anything and if i tell you to do something or if i write something or if i say i love this player i'm gonna do it so just want that to be clear like i answer questions when you ask them on the message boards and forums as if it was my own team and that's the way to do it. So I know that'll be out on topwars.com. Uh, I answered that question yesterday. So just thought that was uh, some, an interesting uh, thing to discuss. And maybe we can get more in-depth in that one day because I think it's an interesting topic that I brought up in the past too. The other w- topic I brought up was like, do you want the person you follow to win? Is it important? Uh, I think for a lot of people it is. But, hey, there could be a guy out there that doesn't do well that gives you great information. If it does, great. Good for you. I think it's like anything in life. You obviously want to – Follow someone who's had a lot of success in the advice they give you. Uh, another player who's been on fire, man, and I, I wasn't in on this player this year, uh, Josh Bell. I mean, Josh Bell has been one of the best values so far this year. I don't have him anywhere. He was very cheap. You know, because last year, we we just saw a big dip in power. So that really concerned me. He only had 12 home runs last year. In 148 games, he had 26 in 2017. And again, in 2017, we saw a ton of home runs. Uh, but this guy is 6'4", 240, man. You should have power. 
then again, Jason Hayward's a big dude, and we haven't really seen much power from him. But Josh Bell, uh, we've seen a change this year. I mean, the guy's now hitting 319, 389 OBP, 10 homers, 34 RBIs. Uh, he is striking out a little bit more, but 21.7% is just not a high strikeout, right? You're okay with that in today's game where we see so many strikeouts. But he's elevating the ball more. He's seen the fly ball rate jump, more line drives, and the hard hit rate is up tremendously. So this just looks like a guy that's starting to put it together. And uh, this definitely looks like a nice breakout. And uh, I don't have any of him. So uh, Josh Bell was not a player that I talked highly about before the year. So I missed out on that one. So it's going to happen. You know, that's the other thing, too. People got to admit when they're wrong, man. You're never right all the time. And definitely you're going to miss. And you just, the goal is when you miss is to see, okay, where did you miss? What did you see? And learn from it. That's what we're trying to do here in fantasy is always learn from it. Luke Jackson. Looks like he's the guy for the Braves. You know, I really thought A.J. Minter might get the job back. But, man, he's been terrible. They sent him down to the minor leagues. I had Minter in one league. I actually, I cut him. I cut him to activate Juan Soto. Uh, but Luke Jackson, two scoreless innings yesterday to get his fourth save. His ERA is now 2.25. So they're going to continue to roll with him. We'll see what happens with Craig Kimbrell. But for now, uh, Luke Jackson certainly looks like the guy there in Atlanta uh, with a good performance. I did something for fantasy pros. They usually, uh, every week or so, they have these questions that they ask uh, some of the people in the industry. Uh, and I was on the list for last week. Uh, I think I wrote it Thursday night. It was to be published Friday. And it said, who do you who would you buy low on right now? And uh, for me, it was Yasiel Puig. And I think he did. He did hit two homers over the weekend. Not saying I was right. I just thought, like, I think people get frustrated with Puig because the talent is there. We saw him as a rookie, how good he was, and we extrapolated that over a full season. So, wow, this guy could hit 30 homers and steal 20 bases, and it just didn't happen. And then he had the injuries. He had a good year in 2017, 28 homers, 15 steals. And then last year... He had 23 homers, 15 steals in less games, 125 games, but they weren't playing him every day. He was hitting at the bottom of the lineup. So I like Puig a lot going to the year. Contract year, not that that's a factor, but it's just maybe for him motivation because I did see a quote from him in the offseason, which was good and bad, where he basically said, yeah, I'm really going to work hard now. So that bothered me because it's like, wait a second, you weren't working hard all these years or as hard as you could. So that's not a character a characteristic I like in a player, but at the same time, you know how the talent is, and if he was just not giving it all and putting up the numbers he did, okay, what if he does now? And in Cincinnati, great ballpark, and playing every day, and hitting in the middle of the lineup. We knew he was going to hit third or fourth, so that's why I liked him. So uh, Puig, though, has been off to a bad start. Now, I think by the when I wrote it, he had five homers, five steals, but... Now he's got seven homers. He homered Saturday and Sunday. He's got seven steals. He's only hitting 217, but 238 batting average of balls in play, partly responsible. Also, uh, the Reds have a lot of games coming up at home the next couple weeks. His fly ball rate is up. The hard hit rate is similar to last year. I think he's just been pressing a little bit. The Reds have collectively as an offense struggled, and naturally a lot of those players are going to take it upon themselves to try and do too much. And we're seeing it reflected in Puig swinging at a lot of pitches out of the zone. 
it's probably I don't know if you could still buy light on them, uh, buy low on them, but if you could, but yeah, the contact rate has been down, uh, so that's a big part of it, and he's been swinging at a lot more pitches too. So to me, that's just the guy who's pressing, and once he starts to get into groove, and we've seen these hot streaks from Puig, they are unbelievable. So uh, definitely would be buying low on him if it's still possible. I don't know if you can. Uh, and I do have him in a couple leagues. John Lester with another dominant outing last night. Six and two-thirds scoreless innings. Six Ks and an ERA at 1.16. But I'm telling you now, <laughs> oh, this was also in the article. This was before the start. It was a player that you would sell high on. For me, it's Lester. And could turn out to be wrong on this one. Because he is 35. He's throwing a lot of innings. I just don't think. This will last. I mean, he did something similar last year because I had him. He got off to a really dominant start, and I was trying to trade him. I just couldn't, and he was not good in the second half. He's got a 90.2% strand rate. That's way, way lucky. Uh, he's Now, the skills have been pretty good. The strikeouts are up from where they have been. 24.7% strikeout rate. He was at 19.6% last year. The walk rate looks like a little bit of an outlier, 5.1%. He hasn't been in the 5% range since 2015. It was 8.4% last year. So that was my concern, too. The walk rate had gone up three years in a row. So that was a bad trend for me. But it's gone down. And even last year, as good as he was, his whip was 1.31. So we know it's going to get hot at Wrigley. Wind will blow out. He's getting hit hard, too. 40.5% hard hit rate, the highest of his career. So... I know it's tough to get rid of good pitching because many of us don't have it, but I would definitely explore trading Lester right now. I mean, I don't know if his value gets much higher than it is. It's a guy that doesn't get a lot of swings and misses, and there's got to be a lot of desperate teams out there for pitching right now uh, that just lost Tyler Glass now and James Paxton. There's got to be a couple teams out there that uh, I think maybe you can get something for. So definitely take a look at that. Uh, Zach Eflin with a good start over the weekend. Man, complete game shutout. Seven strikeouts and an ERA of 2.47. I actually had Eflin in a 12-team league on the bench. I think my pitching was pretty good, and I had some two-star guys. And uh, Eflin was on the bench, and that's just real rough because he's been tremendous for the Phillies this year. Now, again, I think a guy also pitching over his head but because the strikeouts really haven't been there. But he hasn't walked anyone. He's got a 2.47 a year. I don't think he's as good as that. Strand rate's 86%, so a little fortunate there. But he's on a team where he's going to get a lot of run support. Uh, you would like to see more strikeouts. That's the biggest thing there. Uh, but he's not allowing a lot of hard contact at all. But he's been uh, great this year for the Phillies. Uh, one, of, one of the most frustrating pitches for me is Aaron Sanchez. This is a guy I took late in a lot of drafts. He was cheap. Now, with Aaron Sanchez, you watch him. This stuff is good. Throws 94, 95. There's a lot of movement. But sometimes there's so much movement that he can't even find the strike zone. And that's been the biggest problem for him this year is the walks. I mean, the walk rate is way too high. And I've been using him in 15-team leagues, scared to death every time I put him out there. He had a two-star week. I went against with him. One star was against the White Sox. But, man, you, you just can't have success with a 12.7% walk rate. You just can't. And then, of course, yesterday, what does Aaron Sanchez do? Uh, he walked one, and he gave up uh, five runs. Struck out 11 over six innings, 
But man, it's going to be really difficult for him. Now, he's got a 1.50 whip. You just that's the thing. You know, you might be able to get that ERA as low as it is because you're getting lucky, getting out of jazz, but it's going to kill your whip. You just can't consistently walk guys at the rate he is. So he's frustrating because we saw several years ago he had a really good year, and he should be better than he is. But he just can't, can't consistently just can't put it together. I don't understand. You know, pitchers like him, Robbie Ray, find a way to throw more first pitch strikes or find a way to limit the walks. And I know it's easier said than done, but they have the ability to be even better if they could cut down on the walks. And these teams got to figure out what it is. So yeah, Sanchez walked two and six innings yesterday. His last start was three and seven innings. So there's a lot of ability there, but he's got to really cut down on the walks because. He's allowed four home runs over his last three starts. And you start walking guys allowing the home runs, it's a recipe for disaster. So a lot of talent there, but still needs to harness that command. We'll look at some fab results from the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and some lineups for tonight. When we return, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. In this league. We're going to band together. We're going to fight the man. We're going to fight him. Who's that man? We're going to bring him to the knee. It's a woman. It's Jeannie Buss. Uh-oh. Woman. Get Trey Clavis to Travis Clayton here. To wave, to wave that flag. Oh, that LeBron James a problem. Say. They're out here like all the fans are out there. They're like, hey, Addict. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here, it is full-time fantasy. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can catch the show live weekdays 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the weekend recap, a look at the two-star pitchers for the week ahead. And, of course, playffwc.com. If you're ready to jump in a dynasty startup, take over an orphan team, or jump in a best ball draft, and it's also Babe Madness, so reserve your spot for either our live drafts in Las Vegas or the main event online. And if you 
pay your reservation fee now, you can be entered for a free drawing for a main event team, which can result in a potential six figures. So make sure you do it. And of course, in the main event, you have the best record, most points in the league. You can get 10K. I don't think you can do that anywhere else. Check it out, playffwc.com. Don't let your shot clock run out like the 76ers. Take a shot and open a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book, by going to fanduel.com slash grid, where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at fanduel.com slash grid. Call into the show with your winning wager and walk us through the bet. We'd love to hear from you. Go to fanduel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Let's take a look at some of the bids from yesterday in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And this is a 15-team league. It is the League of Champions. Everyone in this league uh, won their league last year, so they put all the champions in one league. I'm doing pretty good so far. I was actually number one in the overall contest for a while, but I've slipped since then. I've had some injuries, but I'm third in the league, but in striking distance of first. So pretty content with my team so far. My pitching's gotten a little lucky, but uh, I do get Aaron Hicks back this week and uh, did, a, did a pretty good job drafting my offense. So uh, the uh, most expensive buy this week was Julio Urias from the Dodgers. A.J. Minter was the drop. He went for $85. The run-up was 38 and he has value. I put in a bid for him. And, you know, you're going to see him out of the pen for now. We've actually seen him get a couple save opportunities. They used him for three innings once he closed the game. He could be in the starting rotation at some point this year. So I think at a 15-team league, you can use him. I have him in a 15-team league where I held on to him. And it depends on the week, on what I have, uh, whether I will use him or not. You know, maybe I have, you know, two one-star guys with tough matchups and I want to bench them. I could put Urias in. Uh, obviously, in a given week, it's a risk. He can go two innings. He can go six. But there's always the potential he can pick up a win or get a save. And always a shot he can go into the rotation. Lou Trevino went for 62. The runner-up was 12. Now, Blake Trinan had that scare last week. But he returned and looked good. Uh, velocity was fine. He went two innings in one of the stits over the weekend. So I'm guessing here uh, that this was maybe a Blake Trinan owner. And this was insurance in case... Uh, you know, this does turn out to be something down the road. So it makes sense. I mean, I think if you are the Trident owner and you have the ability to do it, uh, yeah, you want to have him if he's available. I think Trevino went in a lot of leagues last week, and he might have been uh, dropped, too, over the weekend once people saw Trident was fine. But certainly, you know, get him now uh, if you can as a Trident owner. Didi Gregorius was picked up for $50. Now, he could go on a rehab assignment soon, uh, probably another month. Uh, maybe the all-star break somewhere in there. So it really depends how much room you have. But I did see Didi picked up in a couple leagues this weekend. Uh, so it certainly is interesting. He went for 50. The runner-up was 35. So there were at least a couple bids on him. Uh, I think in a lot of instances, especially in this format, where we don't have IL spots, a lot of people can't really afford to stash. Hunter Pets went for 48. The runner-up was 42. I did have a bid on him. Uh, talked about Pence a little bit in the first hour, but if you missed it, look, he's getting an opportunity to play every day. Whenever he's gotten the chance this year, he's done well. He was good in the spring. Health was obviously a big factor for him. And we it's still a factor. He's 36 years old. And yeah, he's done well so far, but he's going to be able to play every day. We don't know. But 
the skill set has been pretty good, man. He's cut down on the strikeouts. He's been drawing walks. Good ballpark in Texas to hit in. He was running in the spring. We really haven't seen it at the major league level yet. Just one steal, one attempt. But remember, he only has 90 plate appearances. He's got seven homers, 25 RBIs. Why not take the shot? What if this sticks? So uh, I'm not completely buying into the power. He's still not hitting a lot of fly balls, but certainly uh, 15 team league. I'm taking the shot. Chris Martin for 47. Runner-up was 16. I got Steve Sheck for 42. The runner-up was 20. I'll say it again. I don't understand why Martin was going for more than C-Sheck. What you're looking for when you're on the waiver wire bidding on a closer is if you're comparing them, who has the best path to saves? Right now, it's C-Sheck. Martin, for the moment, is the closer. Sean Kelly's on the injured list. He is scheduled to return on Thursday. It was just an infection. Jose LeClerc has pitched better since they moved him to low leverage situations. He did have one bad out in the other day, but I still think he gets the job back. I've been saying it the whole time. And Steve Ciszek, to me, is in a better position. Pedro Strope's on the injured list with a hammy. Brandon Morrow, who the hell knows when he's coming back. And Ciszek got the save last night. It was easy work. I think he threw six pitches, one, two, three. The other day, he came into the top of the ninth inning with a runner on. The runner did come around to score, but he didn't put that runner on base. He's a veteran that has closed before, and I know they have said they're going to go with committee, but I think C-Shake's the leading candidate. I was surprised that like the C-Shake bids were so low. I got him in Tout Wars for 23. Uh, and again, I, I might be wrong, but I'm using logic here, which is similar to an article I wrote two weeks ago where, and you could check it out, it was about, the Angels closing situation. And if you follow what the Angels were doing before Cody Allen lost the job because he was pitching like garbage, they were showing you or indicating Hansel Robles would be the guy. And everyone wanted Ty Buttrey because he's the better pitcher. And we saw him close last year. But just because the team, just because we think a player is better, that doesn't mean the team is going to go in that direction. So you have to follow the clues and the signs. And based on what we saw with the Cubs this week, they're telling me it's going to be C-Shack. They don't have to say it directly, but I'm going by their actions. And they were showing, yeah, we're probably going to go with C-Shack most of the time. Now maybe next game is Brandon Kinsler. He pitched well yesterday too, an inning and a third. But the couple of opportunities we've seen over the last few days, they've gone C-Shack. So I'm going to put my money in that direction. And it's not a crazy amount. 23 in towers, not a lot. I won 42 in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, number one. I have no closers. I had drafted Cody Allen and Strickland, and obviously both got hurt, cut them. I picked up Elias from Seattle. They brought him into the third inning the other day. Okay, I guess he's not closing, even though I guess there's still a path because they really have no one right now with uh, Swarzak pitching bad. So I really needed someone. So I went with C-Sheck, and again, just $20 run up, runner up bid. Martin going for more, I didn't understand it. And again, I could be totally wrong, but I'm going based on logic of what I've seen. So I think C-Sheck was a guy that might have been a little undervalued. Did lose out on him in the NFBC auction by two bucks. That kind of hurts. So I guess I should have went a little bit higher there. The problem there is I didn't have as much money. Like um, I think it was like 460 going into the weekend because that team's had a lot of injuries. And I've always said the, the way you spend sometimes, uh, if you're in a desperation where your kind of season is on the line, you got to be more aggressive. And that league... It was bordering on uh, on deathbed for a while, but made some good pickups and decisions. That the pitching has really cut down the ERA like a full run. 
Giolito helped. Tyler Molly with a two-star week, so was able to resuscitate that team, but now the money's a little bit low. Ronnie Rodriguez went for 45 bucks. I had a bid on him. I picked him up in Tout Wars two weeks ago for 2 bucks. That's why you got to act early sometimes. You know, it, Here's the thing. You pick these guys up as soon as you see something or there's a pedigree, and you throw a 2 $3 bid. You get them. If it doesn't work out, easy cut. You didn't invest much. If it does, boom, you got something. And that's why you got to pay attention early and and jump on these guys. So this way, it allows you to take a lot more shots. You know, a lot of times we sit there, we wait a whole week. Oh, we had three home runs, seven RBIs, and they cool off and we don't get that production. So that's why it's it's good to anticipate. Charlie Tilson, we talked about the speed. He went for 42 bucks. Mac Williamson, another guy that I thought was going to be a uh, waiver wire pickup for many people. He went for 38. The runner-up's 27. So we know he's got power. He's cooled off since he came up. But we saw it last year. He had a nice run. Danny Duffy has a two-start week. He went for 27. The runner-up is 20. Uh, I understand it in a 15-team league, for sure. Uh, still not completely sold on Duffy. If I was kind of desperate for pitching, I could see it. Uh, my pitching's been pretty good in this league, but again, I think I have a couple guys that are pitching over their heads that I don't know if they'll uh, do it the entire year. Duffy's home to Texas and at the Angels. Not loving it. Um, I'm just not. Uh, so I didn't add him in any leagues. Uh, Chris Iannetta went for 20. I think it looks like he's the second catch now. Mike Fires. this is a pretty savvy league, and... Not a lot of people high on him. He's got the two-star week beginning tonight. He went for 20 bucks. The runner-up was 17 Cody Allen was picked up for 16 Jason Castro, 15 Jeffrey Rodriguez, who I used last week in the NFBC auction. He had the two-star week and was solid. Not a lot of Ks. He went for 12 bucks. There was no runner-up bid there. And then some of the guys at the bottom, people took a shot on. John Gant, Sam Gaviglio, Craig Stamen, Lance Lynn. So uh, there's always a lot of activity in this league. So gives you a good idea of some of the players that were picked up in 15 team league. Let's take a look at the lineups for tonight. Not as full of slate as usual. First game, 6.35 p.m. Eastern, although there could be a delay. I think they do play in New York tonight. Uh, David Hess against Luis Sessa for the Orioles. Leading off it is Jonathan Villar at shortstop. Dwight Smith Jr., he homered yesterday. He's been a pretty good pickup. Got eight homers on the year. He's hitting second in left field. Trey Mancini's in right field. Chris Davis at first base, Wilkerson in center, Renato Nunez, who's really cooled off. He's the DH hitting six, Rio Ruiz at third base, Hanser Alberto at second base, and Pedro Severino is the catcher tonight. For the Yankees, Aaron Hicks is back and leading off. He's playing center field tonight, so I will get him back in my lineups for uh, the leagues I have him. I was very high on Aaron Hicks uh, before this injury, and then once he had it, I really dropped him down and really didn't get him uh, in many leagues. So, And here we go. We got the news on Jonathan Loisiga, and it is not good. He is going on the injured list with a right shoulder strain. So that is why. So that is, that's really unfortunate for the people who went out and added him in a two-star week, and I did have bids on him. Uh, I think I, oh, I think I did get him in a league. I think. I have to go check. I forgot. But I might have gotten him in a league. So that's just. Bad luck there. Uh, he was looking like he would be uh, pretty good here in a two-star week. So uh, Chance Adams was recalled. So you could see him tonight. Maybe Sess is the Omerter, and then uh, Adams comes in. Uh, 
not great numbers this year at AAA, although I think his last couple starts he was pitching better. Had a 4.80 ERA, 1.36 whip, 37 strikeouts, 15 walks, over 30 innings at AAA this year for Chance Adams. So Hicks leads it off in center field. Luke Voigt at first base hitting second. Gary Sanchez back in the lineup. He's the catcher hitting third. Clint Frazier, the DH. Glaber Torres at short. Brett Gardner in left field hitting sixth. Gio Ursula at third base hitting seventh. Uh, Thyro Estrada at second base hitting eighth. And Cameron Mabin in right field hitting ninth for the Yankees. The Brewers in Philadelphia. It'll be Freddie Peralta against Aaron Nola. Also got to look at potential weather in this game as well. For the Phillies, leading off, it's Andrew McCutcheon in left field. Gene Segura is the shortstop. Bryce Harper in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Real Muto is the catcher hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting sixth. Odubel Herrera in center field in seventh. Mikel Franco at third base hitting eighth. And Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies hitting ninth. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers without an opener today. The Astros in Detroit. Brad Peacock against Matt Boy, who's been phenomenal this year, man. He's a guy that had a lot of leagues last year. This year, I have him in a couple. I have him in my home league. I think he went for a buck, 14-team league. I got him in one of those uh, full-time draft champions leagues for sure. I was just looking at my lineup for the week, got him in there. Uh, and I might have him in a draft champions league. So uh, he wasn't a target, but he was one of those pitchers I liked late. Uh, and I had him last year, the last two years in a couple leagues, kind of waiting for this to happen, and it's finally been done. Nico Goodrum, he's been moved to the leadoff spot for now as the Tigers are struggling to get offense. Uh, Nico, so Goodrum will lead off at first base. Christian Stewart in left field hitting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting third. He homered yesterday. Miguel Cabrera, the DH. We talked about Rodriguez. He's the shortstop hitting fifth. Heimer Candelario at third base hitting sixth. Josh Harrison in second base hitting seventh. Grayson Griner, the catcher hitting eighth. Jacoby Jones in center field hitting ninth. The Indians in Chicago to take on the White Sox. It'll be Shane Bieber against Reynaldo Lopez. Charlie Tilson in center field leading it off. Again, he was picked up in a lot of leagues over this weekend. Certainly can help you in the stolen base category. And if he can stick in the leadoff spot, even better. That will help with the run scored. As uh, Lurie Garcia is a little banged up here. There's a wrist going into the wall over the weekend. So he's out of the lineup. Yuan Makata at third base hitting second. Jose Abreu's at first base hitting third. Yonder Alonso, the DH hitting cleanup. Tim Anderson at shortstop hitting fifth. Nicky Delmonico in left field hitting sixth. Wellington Castillo, who's really lost a lot of playing time to James McCann. Uh, Castillo in the lineup tonight hitting seventh. Yomer Sanchez at second base hitting eighth. Ryan Cordell in right field batting ninth. The Pirates in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. It'll be Nick Kingham. Against Robbie Ray, Jared Dyson leading off in center field. Eduardo Escobar is at third base, hitting second. David Peralta is in left field, hitting third. Adam Jones in right field, hitting cleanup. Cattell Marte is at second base, hitting fifth. Christian Walker is at first base, hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed at shortstop, hitting seventh. Alex Avila behind the plate, hitting eighth. Robbie Ray on the mound, hitting ninth. No Wilmer Flores. He was a pickup in a lot of leagues this week, and I did pick him up in one, too, so... That's probably why he's not in there. Kind of had bad luck in that week. Uh, the Angels taking on the Twins. Tyler Skaggs against Jose Barrios. We know Barrios much better at home. The A's taking on the Mariners. Mike Fires against Yusei Kikuchi. Fires coming off a no-hitter, the second career no-hitter, where he threw 131 pitches. They did give him the extra day of rest, though, uh, as he will get that extra day of rest, as we've always seen a lot of pitchers coming off uh, – 
the no hitters and a high pitch count, you're always worried about them. You know, did, how much did they exert themselves? The emotional lift as well. Uh, Dustin Pedroia was pulled off his minor league rehab assignment. <laughs> I don't know why anyone's surprised by this. Like, wanted no part of Pedroia this year. He's just older, and that knee is a major problem. So Michael Chavis has done a really good job for the Red Sox. And uh, I was, I did get him in one league, uh, and he's been tremendous. He had five RBIs yesterday. So, again, that's why you jump on some of these players early. Like, everyone's talking about the key boom and the Nate low that didn't hit. Well, Chavis so far has hit, and this is a good Red Sox team, and he's going to stay in the lineup as long as he continues to hit. And that's always the risk with these prospects that get called up. They got to hit. They have to hit to stay in the lineup. We know that, but just don't be deterred. I think a lot of times, too, a lot of people spend a ton of money on those prospects. That's what you know you don't want to do. You don't want to go overboard. People are spending three, three fifty. That's too much. You can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the two-star pitcher up there now to help you with lineup block a few hours away. Be back Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.